Exchange, how are we feeling tonight? Hey, I'm super grateful to be here. So glad that you are here. Happy Tuesday. Happy last Tuesday here at the Exchange for a while. I know, boo, boo. We are going to miss you so much, but I'm super excited to hang out with you in some new ways at our Friday Hangs coming up in July. Who's excited for Friday Hangs? Some of us. It's okay. You'll get there. <laughs> There's a bus with a seat with your name on it. Come to Friday Hangs. It's going to be super, super fun. I'm also really excited because it's going to be a season where we can rest and recharge and come back stronger than ever in the fall. And I'm really, really excited to be here tonight. I want to say thank you so much to my friend, Pastor Mark, for allowing me the opportunity to speak to you all tonight. I'm honestly super grateful and honored anytime that the exchange team lets me get up here and do anything at all. You guys are my favorite group of people to hang out with. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I also want to say thank you to all of you for being here tonight, for being bought into this ministry. We are in our fourth and final week of our Here For It series where we are talking about our values, why we believe they're important to the exchange, and what the Bible has to say about them. In fact, as an exchange leadership team, we've come up with a value statement, which if you look at our main marketing series image, you can see it in little tiny bold writing if you kind of squint and look really closely. Um, and this actually was done, and our entire series look was done by our creative designer and service producer extraordinaire, Miss Myra. Can we give it up for Myra? We love you, girl. She's back there shaking her head at me. I'm sorry. I had to do it because that's just so good. It's so excellent. We love what you bring to the table, Myra. Again, if you look closely, you can see the value statement that we've come up with, which is, I am a servant, part of a community that is authentic, passionate about Jesus, and pursues excellence. Here at The Exchange, we hope that if you consider yourself a part of the family, then this statement will ring true for you in your life. We hope that you will come on board with us and join our mission and our vision to reach the lost in the Tampa Bay area through these specific ministry filters. In week one, Pastor Mark challenged us and told us that our passion not only moves the heart of God, but also moves us closer to God's people. And in the following week, we had a panel where we discussed the importance of servanthood and community. And we were reminded that Jesus came down as a sinless man, not to be served, but to serve and to engage in community and fellowship with us. And then last week, Pastor Mark lit us on fire again, talking about the importance of authenticity and what it looks like to live our life boldly according to the word of God, to let his word penetrate our hearts and govern our actions. I am a servant, part of a community that is authentic, passionate about Jesus, and pursues excellence. Tonight, for our fourth and final week of our Here For It series, I want to talk to you about excellence, why we believe it's important here at The Exchange, why it drives everything that we do. I don't want you to walk out of here with the wrong idea of what biblical excellence is or what God's expectations for us as his people are. I also don't want you to walk out of this room thinking that biblical excellence is the same thing as perfection because it isn't. But equally as important, I don't want you to walk out of here thinking it doesn't matter because it does. 
Show of hands of anybody in the room who's played sports before, or maybe you're playing sports right now. That is a lot of us. That's so cool. We've got an athletic little family out here at the exchange. Okay, really quickly, if you just raise your hand, I want you to think of that one teammate. Some of you already know where I'm going, someone in the back. That one teammate that drove you crazy because they never tried, they never put their best foot forward, and they always thought that for some reason they were above hard work. Are you picturing this teammate in your mind? Is it the coach's kid? (laughs) I know y'all are thinking about the coach's kid. It's okay, there's always one, right? One person on the team that ruined it for everybody else. Do you remember how agonizing it was to be forced into running extra laps after practice because one person didn't give it their all? There was nothing more frustrating. I remember one time during a practice, this is when I was playing varsity softball in high school, and this one girl in particular, in addition to honestly just not being very kind, she also was not very hardworking. And for whatever reason, the coach was scared of her, I think. And she rarely ever got consequences for her actions until one day, I guess he just got fed up with her attitude and her laziness. And he made all of us run laps after practice because of her lack of effort. There's no I in team, I guess. And coach said to us, if she finishes last, you run double. Guess who finished last? Oh my gosh, the pain was immense. It is horrible to have someone like that on your team or in your office or in your class. The one who seems to drag everybody back when the rest of us are trying to move forward. Now, did you ever have a teammate who was the exact opposite of this? Someone who always put their best foot forward, someone who always worked hard, had a great attitude, pursued excellence, and always gave their best. Now, comparatively, that person was like a breath of fresh air, right? I was way more motivated to be around and be a teammate to that person rather than the first because people are drawn to people like that. They're motivated by them, challenged and encouraged by them, changed by them. That's what excellence does. It draws people in, it motivates us, it encourages us, challenges us, and sometimes even has the power to evoke real change in real people's lives. We at The Exchange believe that God's people are called to that kind of life-changing excellence. And we want the pursuit of excellence to influence everything that we do here on a Tuesday and beyond. Here at The Exchange, we want to be set apart. And one of the ways that we do that is through excellence. And that's our first point for the evening. Excellence sets us apart. Can you say that for me? When we pursue excellence in all that we do, it sets us apart from others around us, not in a way that draws more attention to ourselves, but in a way that draws attention to something bigger than ourselves. In fact, it reminds me of this story. Um, A couple months ago, my husband, Arvin, and I, my husband was back there on the drums tonight. Can we give it up for him too? My husband, Arvin, and I um, visited Advent Health Hospital. We were visiting his uncle who had just undergone some surgery. And I don't know if you knew this, but at the time I did not know this. Advent Health is a Christian organization. Maybe you knew that already, and maybe I am just way behind the ball, okay? But it's true. They are a Christian organization. 
And I remember approaching the hospital and feeling an overwhelming feeling of anxiousness. Is there anybody else that just doesn't like to be in a hospital? I think that's kind of a universal feeling, right? I'm not unique in that. There are a lot of people who feel set off or filled with anxiety at the thought of entering into a hospital. So as we were walking through the front doors into the lobby, I noticed that instead of being filled with this anxious feeling, I actually felt pretty at peace. I walked through the lobby and it was open and clean. There was a grand piano over in the corner. The front desk was big and beautiful. The color palette of the design was warm and comforting. The lady at the front desk, she was so kind to us. She was accommodating. She smiled at us, looked us in the eye, which is rare these days, asked us how our day was going. And then when we made our way upstairs to the waiting room, we discovered that Arvin's entire family also felt this same way about the hospital. We were so impressed with the hospital, in fact, that I actually forgot that we were in a hospital. You know how stereotypically hospital hallways are used as the set of like horror films or really scary episodes in TV shows? For some reason, this is the stereotype. Has anybody seen The Walking Dead? One of the most famous TV scenes in all of history is when he wakes up in the middle of this hospital, walks into the hallway, and it's the most wretched sight you've ever seen. Why? Because hospitals evoke this sense of fear in us sometimes, but not this hospital. not this hallway. So I'm experiencing all of these positive feelings, right? And it's making me want to dig deeper and know more about the organization, naturally. So I begin to look around and kind of look deeper at the design, and I notice a scripture verse plastered on the wall right outside of the elevator. And of course, I'm floored. I turned around, and I said to Arvin, I was like, baby, there's a scripture verse on the wall. I think they're Christians. And Arvin, who's kind of used to my excited outbursts by now, just shrugged and said, I know. I was like, what do you mean? How did you, how did you know that? And he said, how did you not know that they're not a Christian organization? Suddenly everything made sense. The architecture, the employees, the atmosphere, the spirit of God was dwelling in Advent Health Hospital. The family that built the building wanted to honor God with their hard work and create an environment and an atmosphere where people could not only come and heal physically, but be comforted spiritually. The presence of God was dwelling in Advent Health Hospital, and the same presence of God that dwells there dwells in you and in me. Can you imagine how much greater of an impact God's people would have if they pursued excellence in everything that they did? The excellence displayed in Advent Health Hospital made me want to dig deeper. It made me want to know more. What if we upheld a level of excellence like that? Can you imagine how many people would want to dig deeper and would want to know more after encountering us? What if we at the exchange were a people who ran hard after excellence in a way that set us apart from the rest of the world so that we might have a chance and an opportunity to share the gospel with someone and let them know the whole reason that we pursue excellence in the first place. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this, Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Friends, everyone is in the same race, but whereas the people of the world are racing to glorify themselves, we race to glorify God. The crown of worldly prosperity and fortune does not last, but the heavenly crown of salvation and sanctification lasts for eternity. Friends, we do not run aimlessly because we run with purpose. We do not run like the rest of the world because we run with purpose. And I want to know if the exchange is full of people who are ready to run the race with purpose, ready to run the race with drive and determination and discipline. Because I don't know if you've been looking around recently, but the world just seems to get more and more bleak. People just seem to get more and more lost, more and more undisciplined. People are looking for hope. They're looking looking for something to hold on to. We know that we have the hope. The hope is Jesus Christ. We have something to hold on to. But if people do not see that in us, if we are not set apart because of our excellence, they will never know Jesus Christ because of our lack of obedience. We are on this earth to spread the gospel, to spread the word of God. And if we are not set apart, we are not playing our part. When we pursue excellence, it not only sets us apart, but it also honors the sacrifice of Christ. Excellence honors the sacrifice of Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, God sent his one and only son to be crucified on a cross so that we might not have to suffer the punishment for our own sin, but instead be given the chance and opportunity at life and eternity with Jesus, which brings the promise of eternity in heaven with him one day. The proper response to this amazing sacrifice is to offer ourselves as a sacrifice back, not to lean out and to just reap the harvest without the hard work of the plowing season. When we are not pursuing excellence, we are not honoring all that Christ died for. When Christ gave our best, the expectation is that we give our best in return. It is only our true and proper worship that drives us to excellence. And if we aren't pursuing excellence, we are not honoring the sacrifice of Christ. Colossians three seventeen says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do you want to show your appreciation to Jesus for all he's done for you? Be a hard worker. You want to bring honor and glory to God? Pursue excellence in a world that pursues laziness. You want to live a life of meaning and purpose? Show up every day on time, give your best, and live your life like you are on mission. Because friends, we are on mission. Well, Caroline, that just sounds like a lot of pressure. I mean, why can't I just come the way that I am? And I, th I thought that the point of the Bible was that Jesus loves me just the way I am and he wants a relationship with me. I mean, it sounds like you're asking me to be perfect, Caroline. Some of you may be thinking this, it may be running through your head, and I just want you to know that that is a lie from the enemy. Because excellence is not the same thing as perfection. You know what perfection says? Perfection says that you have reached the highest point of growth possible. Perfection says that there is nothing better. Perfection says that there is nowhere to go but 
down. So friends, we're not talking about perfection because if perfection was achievable on this life, there would be no need for a savior in the first place. What would be our drive? What would be our purpose to be perfect and then that's it? What comes after perfection? So no, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about excellence. A few verses down in Colossians 3, verse 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I want you to notice that first of all, it does not say whatever you do, do it perfectly. Of course not. God knows that you cannot reach perfection, but is an impossible feat of perfection an excuse for a lack of effort at all? No, of course not. Think back to that lazy teammate for a second. Wouldn't have made all the difference if they tried like, like just a little bit just gave a little bit of effort wouldn't have made it so much easier to have grace for them when they do make a mistake think about the teammate that always put their best foot forward that always pursued excellence wasn't it a little bit easier to give grace to them when they made a mistake when people have a track record and they're known for excellence and hard work we're that much more likely to pick them up and dust them off when they fall behind Excellence is the reason that you can listen to your favorite artist, for example, perform live and appreciate it just as much as the studio recording, even though it's not quite the same. Has anyone had the pleasure, the, um, the, the great gratification of seeing their favorite artist ever in the world perform live? Anybody? That's awesome. I love that. My favorite artist ever since I was a little wee little girl is Sarah Bareilles. Does anyone know who Sarah Bareilles is? Way more than I thought. I thought it was going to be me and Katie Eldridge in the back, hyping up Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> Sarah Bareilles is my favorite artist, has been since I was 11 years old. I love her lyricism. I love the funky things that she does with instruments in her, in her music. I have loved her since her breakout album, Little Voice. And I got the beautiful opportunity to go to New York and actually see her on Broadway. What she's most recently, for, recently known for is that she wrote the music to a musical called Waitress the Musical. Have you heard of Waitress the Musical? Sarah Bareilles wrote the music to Waitress the Musical, and I got the opportunity to go see her live and perform as Jenna in this musical. Now, was this a perfect performance by any stretch? No, it wasn't. It was live, it was raw, it was real, it was authentic. But it didn't deter me from the fact that I know that she's a good artist. I didn't walk out of the Broadway theater thinking, well, since that wasn't a perfect performance, I guess I'm just not going to listen to Sarah Bareilles anymore. Of course not. Because when you listen to your favorite artist live, you can recognize that they are a human that sometimes makes some fatal flaws and mistakes, and sometimes they got to dust themselves off and pick themselves back up. And it doesn't deter you from the fact that you believe that this is a person who is talented, right? It makes you appreciate all of the effort and the hard work this person has put into being the best that they can possibly be. Colossians 3.23, what it's saying here is that it's urging us to give our all and to do our best because at the end of the day, we're working for the Lord anyway, not human masters. In a world that expects you to perform for them, I think it's a pretty refreshing fact that God just expects our best. 
He doesn't expect perfection from you. He doesn't expect a perfect track record where you never mess up or make a mistake. God just expects our best. When everyone else around you is striving for perfection to receive accolades and recognition that will pass away when we do, God instills in you a purpose. God gives us a purpose. And our purpose motivates us towards excellence, and our excellence points people to Jesus. Our purpose motivates us towards excellence, and our excellence points people to Jesus. As Christians, we know our purpose, right? Our purpose is to live a life that is pleasing and worshipful to God and to spread the gospel like wildfire. That's it. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. But in order to do this, we have to be different. We have to be set apart. I love this verse in Matthew chapter 5 because I believe that it just completely encompasses this entire message. Like all three points, it is right here in Matthew 5 verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is talking exactly what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. It calls us to stand out, to be a light, to be different, to be set apart. So that when people see us and they wonder what we have going on, they wonder what's driving us towards this excellence, we can then turn it around, point it back to Jesus, and say, this is why I do what I do. It's because there is a risen Savior who lives loves me, who died on a cross, rose again three days later, all so that I could have the opportunity at salvation with him and eternity with him forever in heaven one day. That's the purpose. That's why we do what we do. And I want to know if we at the exchange are a people who are ready to live like you have a purpose. I want to know if the people at the exchange are ready to live like you are the light of the world. I want to know if the people at the exchange are ready to live like they are on mission. I want to know if the people of the exchange are ready to live like there are lost souls all over the city of Tampa Bay right now who might breathe their last breath tomorrow. Are you ready? to pursue excellence? Are you ready to be set apart? Are you ready to be called higher? Are you ready to be the light of the world and to not shy away and back up and hide in the shadows when God has called you to be the light of the world, when God has called you to be a town that is not hidden on a hill, when God has called you to be a light, a lamp in the room so that everybody can see your good works so that you can have the opportunity to turn it around and give glory to Jesus in heaven. Are you ready to do that? Because listen, we can sing all about the goodness of God all day long, and it means nothing if we don't live that out. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything, all of it, your very best, your excellence, everything, your hallelujah, your praise, the glory, the honor, your excellence in your workplace and in your home and in your marriage and in your parenting, 
your excellence on your sports teams and in your classes and in this room on a Tuesday night. Because it's not just here on a Tuesday night, friends. If you are excellent on Tuesdays, but you are not excellent everywhere else, you are not excellent. If you pursue it here, but you don't pursue it anywhere else, you are not pursuing it. And that's a hard truth to swallow sometimes. I understand that. I had to learn that the hard way. Some of you remember my story from when I spoke back in January, but I almost committed suicide back in 2018 because of my strive for perfection, because I didn't understand the difference between perfection and excellence. Perfection says that you have to do it all by yourself. Excellence says, if you give me your best, I will make up for the rest. If you give me your best, I will fill in the spots that you cannot. If you give me your best, then your weaknesses will be made perfect in my strength, because it's my strength in you that makes you what you can be, It's not because of what we can do. It's because of God's strength in us. Are you ready to live your life like that is true today? I believe that some of us are. I believe that some of us will be tried as soon as we leave this room. But I also know that there's some people in this room who don't know what their purpose is because they don't know Jesus. Here's the thing, my number one conviction, my number one like philosophy in this world that I literally tell everyone, I don't shut up about it, that there is nothing better for you in this life than a relationship with Jesus. Actually nothing. Actually nothing. You will try other things. They will not be enough. I'm like spoiling the end for you, okay? Don't read the book. It's not good. It's time to pick up a new book. It's time to start a new chapter. It's time to start one with Jesus. So I want everyone in the room, everyone in the room, to bow their heads and close their eyes. Right now I'm going to speak to the person in the room that doesn't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, I am so stinking glad that you're here. You could not have picked a better place to be on a night like this. And maybe you hear a message like this and it's hard to swallow because you think, what's the point of pursuing excellence if I don't have a purpose? You do have a purpose, my friend. You just haven't discovered it yet. I'm about to tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is to be here and to glorify Jesus in everything that you do. Your purpose is to worship him and to tell other people about him. And when you know your purpose, it becomes a lot easier to pursue excellence in a world that either expects perfection from you or expects nothing at all from you. So I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus right now. If right now you're deciding, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. I don't want to live my life void of a purpose. I don't want to live my life where I don't know left from right. I don't know up from down. I don't know if I'm going forward or going backward. That can all end right now, right now. It can end today, my friend. I presented the gospel a couple times in this message, but I want to say it one more time. There's a very real God who created you with a purpose for a purpose, and he loves you. He loves you so much. We are all sinners who are in need of a savior. God saw this, and so he sent his only son down named Jesus. He lived 33 years of a sinless life, and he died in our place. He took the punishment of the sins that we've committed, the greatest act of love in all of history. And that would be great if it ended there, but it keeps going. 
because three days later, Jesus rose from that grave. He defied death and he gave us the opportunity for new life. If you wanna accept Jesus today, all you have to do is believe that's true and confess it with your mouth. All you have to do is believe that's true and confess it with your mouth. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to believe it and to confess it right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed and with every mouth speaking aloud, I want you guys to repeat after me. And if you are accepting Jesus for the first time, I just want you to personalize this in your own heart. You're not praying to nobody, you're praying to God. Repeat after me, say, dear Jesus. A little bit louder, everyone in the room, dear Jesus. Thank you for this life you have given me. I recognize the purpose you've given me. I want to live my life for you. I want my purpose to drive my excellence. And I want my excellence to point people to you. Forgive me, Lord. Clean my heart, clean my mind, give me new life, and I will follow you all the days of my life. I want you to keep your head bowed and keep your eyes closed because now we're going to do another prayer for a different group of people in the room. This is for the group of people in the room that you do know Jesus. You've known him for a long time or for a short time, but you know him. You've prayed this salvation prayer before, but maybe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you in this time that you're not living your life on mission. You're not living like you are the light of the world, like you are a, t a town on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are not living your life to its purpose. You are not giving God your best when he's given you your best. And if you want to recommit your excellence to Jesus right now, this prayer is for you. So again, we're all going to repeat after me, but if you are making this personal tonight, I want you to make it personal to Jesus. Speak to God as we recommit our lives to him. Everyone say, dear Jesus, thank you for convicting me. I realize that I have not been living on mission. Stir my heart. Increase my drive toward excellence. I recommit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everyone look up. Here's what we're gonna do. In the spirit of being bold, in the spirit of being the light of the world and being set apart, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that, to exercise that faith right now. If you just prayed the salvation prayer, meaning that you accepted Jesus for the first time in your life, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to be bold, okay? But this is the safest place to do it. I want you to stand up in this room. If you just accepted Jesus for the first time, I want you to stand up in this room. And if you have recommitted your life to Christ, I want you to stand up in this room. If tonight you have recommitted, rededicated your life to Christ, I want you to stand up in this room. If you are around one of these individuals, can you give them a high five? Can you hug them? Can you congratulate them? Because this is good news. This is an exciting time. I am so excited for what the Lord is going to do in your life when you are obedient to the call of excellence. Thank you so much for your time today.